0: Every father in here has heard that, Dad. I thought they got Hannah to do that part. I had to look out here twice to make sure it wasn't her on there, because that's certainly when you wake them up for school. Dad. So before I get started in my sermon this morning, I want to catch up real quick uh, with some things. Uh, We are moving along at the new location. Um, I know things have been a little bit ambiguous, and and that's been on purpose uh, just because we... We don't know what tomorrow brings. It's like they keep switching things up, and they keep changing the story, and, and this week you're going to kill Grandma, and next week it's okay, and you, can, you have to wear a mask, but only in Pennsylvania because the virus can't find you in West Virginia, and there's strange things that seem to be happening all the time, and we just didn't know what the summer was going to look like. So what we decided to do was our grand opening is scheduled for October the 4th. The reason it's October the 4th was because we didn't know what the summer was going to look like. We didn't know how much... Uh, we were going to be able to get done during the summer. And at the same time, we did not uh, uh, realize uh, that there was no big events coming on. Uh, and and so we wanted to tie it in with what we always do the first Sunday of October, which is celebrate our anniversary, our pastoral anniversary. It will be 19 years that we've been the pastor of this church Uh during that period of time so we're gonna tie that in and have one big celebration uh, and open the new place so we have been uh, we've been working over there uh, it's coming along I actually think I don't have anything wood up here uh, but I actually think we're going to finish early uh, I, I do I, 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 it's it's coming along uh, better even though uh, you know there's just been a few of us out there working it's coming along faster than we anticipated I think we're going to be finishing early Uh, so I just wanted to uh, catch you up on that also we are still practicing social distancing and just let me just let me inform you of of what's going on Uh, the our governor in West Virginia has has made it uh, very clear that there's been a new outbreak uh, in West Virginia the numbers have went up and he is close to mandating face masks in West Virginia if you go out in public and here's why he is specifically targeting churches because there's been churches that have gotten outbreaks there's one in White Sulphur Springs that thirty two people in one church called it and he is specifically targeting churches and he's specifically targeting singing if you sing he wants you to have a mask on so we have been continuing to do what we've been doing which is bring you in front to back let let you leave back to front We've got the hand sanitizer. We have masks. available if you want to wear them. Uh, We haven't ever invited the the praise team back up here because singing is the big thing. And and let me fill you in on something. Last week, a church in Wheeling, four cases, was associated with that Baptist church. And don't you know, at 6 o'clock, News 9 was in the parking lot interviewing people because I prophesied, standing in this pulpit, that this was not over. That the attack against the church was just starting. Even though they were going to let us get back into the stores and different things, that the attack on the church was just started. And listen, the devil has no effective weapon to bring down the church. So the only thing he's got now is slander. So if, if there's any kind of, of, of foolishness going on, if there's anything questionable going on, don't you know News Now will be in the parking lot wanting to interview people about why we're being reckless and careless and we're not practicing social distancing and you're not having, pe- you, you got all them people up on the stage and less than six feet apart. So that's why we continue to do what we're doing. We're not living in fear, but we don't want to give a black eye to what God is doing and and, and set back what God is trying. We're, we're, we're going to be safe, but we're also going to be healthy and live in prosperity and wellness because that's who God is on our side. Amen? It's easy in this climate for them to start slandering the church. And so the best thing we can do is just use wisdom. And so it's taking longer than we wanted to take it, but it's going to take even longer still because uh, they're not done. And until, and and I'm not going to get political, but until November there's always going to be something. There's, There's going to be something that's always going to be trying to bring fear and doubt and questions until November 3rd. And then everything's going to magically disappear and everything's going to be okay again. But, but until November, there's always going to be something that's stirring up, keeping people at, at, at odds with each other and certainly keeping you trying to live in fear. So uh, until then, we're, we're just going to try to be wise and do what God would expect us to do. And so please be patient with us. I'm proud of you. I thank you for what you're doing. Um, you know, you want to talk and, and fellowship parking lots out there because apparently it doesn't work outside. That's the new thing, is that if you get a bunch of people together to hear somebody do a speech, you'll kill Grandma. But if you get them, thousands of people outside, nobody gets sick. So that's the new thing. So, so we'll just go with that. So the lobby's outside. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day. Feel free to take advantage of the outdoor lobby that we have. Now that being the case, uh, we still wanted to have some sense, some sense of normalcy, and we did want to continue our tradition of blessing Uh, Some special dads this morning. So I've got two gifts we're going to give away. All of you dads, did everybody get a ticket? Did all the dads get a ticket? Okay. We've got two different choices up here. The first ticket that is drawn, uh, you're going to get your choice. You can have, if you're tired of everything, and you're just ready to uh, do some, maybe lop somebody's ear off like Peter and ask for forgiveness or something. We've got a we've got a, a nice buck knife and uh, a mossy oak uh, uh, 11 and one multi-tool that's one prize. and then the other prize is if you want if you are tired of everything and you just want to go away because this is a fishing set for one I, I didn't I, I did not buy two sets of hooks and two fishing poles you can go by yourself in one chair and have yourself a time so this is for the dads today Hannah bug uh, me and you have been around each other this whole time won't you come up here and draw a couple of tickets for me just come up and, and draw one first and I'll get you to read a second one. Okay. What's the number? 794126. Get another one? Oh, it's still on the table. Okay. 794115. Oh, all right. Hang on, I gotta get you to get another one. You get your pick, my brother. Oh, yeah, the knife. Yeah, he's the one that you behave the rest of this service, or, <laughs> da- or Dad's got something for you. Okay, we're going to draw another one, and th- you're going to get a fishing set. Just read the last three numbers 107. Yes. Oh, it's Brad. All right, Brad. All right. Woo! Thank you, Henry. You can wait and get it after service if you want to, brother. You ain't going anywhere anyway. You've got to play a guitar again. All right, thank you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Bless you this morning. Okay, so last week we talked about how there is a season for everything and that we can thrive in every season. And I did a demonstration here. If you were here or if you've caught the uh, replay, we did a demonstration on how you have to learn to follow the voice of God. Depends on which service you were in uh, you watched brother Ron or you watched brother Paul and uh, I had them following the voice of God And, and so that was a demonstration to, to let you understand that if you're going to thrive in every season You have to learn how to listen to God's voice Today we're going to learn how to thrive by applying one of the most important laws that God has installed in this world And it's a law that you cannot escape it's a law that you cannot get away from it is a law that is affecting your life right now where you sit whether you believe in God or you're an atheist this law is affecting your life and so what I want to do is teach you how to apply the law in a wise way so that you can have a prosperous and a thriving season amen Galatians chapter 6 it is a passage that you were familiar with I counted this past week I went through my outlines I have preached Galatians chapter six verses seven through nine. I have preached them eleven times in eighteen years, just in this church. So I pastored a church before I pastored this one. I've preached many, many, many places and many, many different states in revivals and such. But just in this church, I have opened with this passage uh, eleven different times. Never preached the same sermon twice, but it's always been, uh, but it's been this opening uh, scripture. So Galatians chapter six. Verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that means if you put it in the ground, that will he also reap, and nothing else. Whatever a man sows, that and nothing else is what he's going to reap. Okay? For he who sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in, and I used this phrase last week, due season, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. So let's talk about a law. A law is a fixed rule that produces certain things it brings certain results whether it is obeyed or whether it is broken it brings results into your life so when God created the world he established fixed and absolute laws in order to govern the world and you can see this all around you When if, if if I go over to this uh, chair and I push something off it doesn't just float it doesn't just fly away it falls to the ground because there is a law called the law of gravity thank you for all you science majors now understand something about the law of gravity you don't have to agree with the law you don't have to like the law you don't even have to accept the law but if you run and jump off this roof you will be subject to the law whether you like it agree with it or accept it or not So God placed in our world certain laws that govern our health and govern our happiness and govern our relationships with each other and govern our relationships with him. And you don't have to accept the law and you don't have to like the law and you don't even have to believe in the law for the law to be affecting your life. So I'm going to conclude last week's message this week by examining the harvest law. And I'm going to go through them very quickly because the harvest laws, hear me, whether you like it or you don't like it, whether you agree or you don't agree, whether you accept it or you don't accept it, the harvest laws are are the reason you are succeeding or failing. The harvest laws are why you either have peace or conflict in your life, why you have joy or why you have pain. If you don't like your life, today's the day to change it. If you don't like the harvest that your life is producing, today is the day to change it. And we're going to talk about the law of the harvest so that you can get this into your spirit and into your mind because last week I taught you that God does not use calendars or clocks in order to measure seasons. He brings new seasons into our lives through what? Truth and revelation. And of those revelations is the one that I'm going to present to you this morning, the revelation of the harvest law because it affects your life. Let's jump right into it. There's two main primary things that I want to teach you about the Harvest Law. Number one, you always get out of life what you put into it. I'm going to say it again for those in the back. You always get out of life what you put into it. How do you, Pastor, you don't understand, I've been done wrong, I've been uh, cheated, I've been abandoned, I've been mistreated. Listen, you get out of life what you put into it, not what somebody else puts into it. And how do I know that? Because the Bible says that you're going to eat whatever you plant. You're not eating what I did to you. You're not eating what mama done to you. You're not eating what somebody else done to you. You're going to eat what you plant. And this is the most important thing for you to remember about the harvest law. When a farmer plants a seed in the ground, he expects in due season to receive something that matched what he put in. Oh, I'm going to say it again. He expects in due season to receive something that matches what he puts in. So if he plants a seed of corn, he's going to get? Uh-huh. So if you planted an apple seed, you would get? Uh, okay, it's, some of y'all are farmers. If you plant tomato seeds, you're going to get? If you plant watermelon seeds, you'll get? If you plant bird seed, you'll get? <laughs> uh-huh. See, this principle is very important for you and I to know because it works in every area of your life. And it is the greatest factor in determining the quality of your life. Because if you get this heading in the right direction, your entire world will change. Your history can never change, but your future will be bright. Life is unpredictable, and we can't control everything that happens to us, but we can control the harvest in our lives. Because the investment we make in our life is going to determine that the return that we get is what we desire you eat what you plant stop blaming other folks for the condition of your day you eat what you plant okay this works for good harvest if you have a good healthy robust marriage it's because you put some good stuff in the ground if you have a good positive mindset and a good positive attitude and a good positive outlook it's because you put some good stuff into the ground It works for good harvest. I said it works for good harvest. It works for harvest that when your child comes up to you on Father's Day, they throw your, their arms around your neck and say, I love you so much. It works for good harvest. It works when you go to work and the boss is, is glad that you are there because you add something to the atmosphere and you contribute something to the environment. It works for good harvest. But can I tell you on the flip side, it also works for poisoned harvest. If you are one of these people who are miserable all the day long, it works for poisoned harvest. If you have fed your mind nothing but doubt and fear and misery. How come the kids don't call? And how come I don't have no help? And how come I'm sick all the time? And how come this bad thing happens? And how come nobody ever seems to give me a phone call? And how come nobody likes me? If you are miserable all the time, it works for bad harvest. It's going to match what comes out. It will match what goes in. So the problem that we are running into is that we're living in a victim mentality and a victim mindset where something is everybody else's fault. But God does not teach us that. God says that if you put a a harvest in the ground, you're going to get something back that looks like what you planted. And it's going to go in and come out in proportion to each other. If you plant few seeds, you'll have a small harvest. promise of victory believes in giving. We believe in giving. Just this past week, my bishop called me, on two different occasions, I ain't going to give you all. I ain't going to spill all the beans. But he called me on two different occasions this past week and blessed uh, this church with some things going forward that's going to help us tremendously in our uh, new renovation. Because we're faithful. When that when all the other churches are finding reasons not to send the tithe of tithes that over, overseer and we we are, we are we believe in giving because we know if we put much in we're going to expect much to come out. And here's another harvest law. You always get back more than you put in. You plant one seed of corn. You don't get one seed back. You get ears and ears and ears of corn that have multiple, multiple corn nuggets on them, which will also lead to more and more because it's more seed to get a bigger harvest. So your bounty is always more than what you spent. It also always shows up later than you planted. You don't plant tomatoes today and eat tomato sandwiches tomorrow. It takes a spell. Now you understand, if you're always getting back more than you put in, and it shows up later, does that now make sense how all that mess showed up at the same time? Have you ever looked in a mirror and went, how in the world? You were confused. How in the world did this and this and this and all of this hit me all at one time? Does it make sense now? Because it always shows up later and it always shows up more. And if you put no seed in the ground, please don't expect Bishop to be able to pray you in a harvest. No seed equals no harvest. This is a call to action. If you don't like what's on the table at dinner time, do something about it. Stop blaming your lack on somebody else. Stop blaming your bad situation on somebody else. Stop expecting somebody else like me to be able to pray you through to success. If you don't like what you have for dinner, it's time for you to change what you've been planting. That's the first rule of the harvest. And the second one, I told you, I've only got two of them. It's going to be short today. Everybody says, yeah, right. The second law of the harvest is that you can always, say always, you can always plant a new harvest. It doesn't matter what kind of heartache or misery or destruction that you are dealing with right now because of the terrible decisions you made before. If your lifestyle or your choices or your relationship are not working, you can make a change and you can make it today. Now, how do we do it, Pastor? I would be derelict of my duties if I told you to do it but didn't show you how. So I'm glad you asked. I've got a scripture I want to put up here, and I want you, if you would, uh, Kristen, leave Joshua 1 and 8 up here because I'm going to break this scripture down. Joshua 1 and 8 tells us how to change our harvest. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in. For then, after you've done some good, plan, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I want, I'm going to leave this scripture up here for a spell because I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to teach for a minute. Is that all right? Look what it says at the end of this passage. For then, you, Who? who is that three-letter word not God you you it doesn't say God will make Joshua prosperous it says Joshua will make Joshua prosperous most of us sit around waiting on God to do something but the Bible says Joshua was in control of his own prosperity now if Joshua could make Joshua prosperous then we need to find out what he did so we can get what he got first thing I want to point your your attention is when you break this word prosperous down into the old Hebrew you find out that it means push forward and break out see we think about prosperity we think there's a Rolex involved we think about prosperity we always thinking about car notes getting rolled off and that's part of it but what the real definition is push forward and break out which means I can have prosperity and money not even be involved How many of you needs a push forward in your family? How many of you need God to break out in your health and healing? How many of you need some push forward at your career? How many of you need a break out with your walk with God? See, It's not all about money. Sometimes you just need God to just push you forward and break you out into something better. And how is He going to do it? Look what it says. The book of the law. Everybody say the word. Uh huh. Shall not depart from your mouth The word of God Shall not depart from your mouth When I was a little boy I used to go over to the Montcalm IGA And on the counter over there for a nickel They had this big old glass jar Full of candy And it was about this big And it was called a jawbreaker Anybody remember jawbreakers? You put that thing in there You'd suck on it for three days. You remember that? You tried to bite it, you'd lose teeth. Like I go to bed at night, I have to set it on the nightstand, pick it up in the morning, and stick it back in there. And, 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 and that jawbreaker, that if you tried to talk with that thing in your mouth, it'd come flying out. Now, I'm a redneck hillbilly from southern West Virginia. That didn't stop me from picking it up, wiping it off, and stick it back in my mouth. I'm just going to say that up front that 's why i don 't catch corona. I drank creek water and ate dirt off the floor <laughs> so that 's why i ain 't afraid of catching nothing. If I was going to catch it i 'd have got it already <laughs> i put a, I put something on the internet yesterday if you 've ever uh, washed fish gu- uh, worm guts off your hands so you need a sandwich you 're probably immune to the corona so <laughs> And I've done that, I can't tell you, or if not sandwiched, by any sausages. So, um, <laughs> so when you open your mouth, the, this jawbreaker would fall out. But it never fall, fell out if it wasn't in there. So today, child of God, when you open your mouth, what's falling out? The Word of God would fall out if it was in there. And if you want to thrive in every season, you better get what some of you have in there now out so you can replace it with the Word of God. I can usually figure out where somebody is spiritually after about ten minutes of talking to them by what's falling out. Because when you start talking to somebody, the real them comes falling out. When they let their guard down and they stop being all churchy, when you start talking to them after a little while, you'll hear what's falling out of their mouth. And, 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 and if they're talking about their problem or if they're talking about the problem solver I can tell you what's falling out there are a lot of hours spent wasted telling God how big our problems are, when we really should be telling our problems how big our God is what's falling out the word can't fall out if it never made it in there look what it says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth how does it get in the mouth you meditate on it that word meditate means to think on to consider to replay over and over so you think about the word look what it says you think about you replay the word you meditate how often day when's it not day night so we look we think about the word in the daytime and we think about the word in the nighttime that means we think about the word all the time so what's the purpose of rehearsing in my mind what the Word says? Look what it says. What's the purpose of it? It says that this book, this, this law, the Word won't depart from my mouth because I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to get it in my mind. If I get it in my mind, it'll be in my mouth. Come on. And what's the purpose? So I can memorize Scripture? No, 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 because the devil knows the Scriptures, and it ain't helped him at all. He's still a devil. So it's not just about memorizing Scripture. You want to know? Do you want the secret to thriving in every season? You want to know how to bring a good harvest out of your life? Look what the book says. It says you will have the word in your mouth because you thought about it, meditated on it, replayed it, and it made you do according to what is written there. So let me break it down for you. It changes what you do. The reason you get the word in your mind is so you'll have it in your mouth. The reason you say it out of your mouth is so that it will change what you do. And when it changes what I do, it will change my harvest. The definition of insanity, they say, is to continue to do the same thing and expect different results. Some of you have married the same person four times. Last time it was Bob, this time it was Bill. It's different until it ain't. I see on Facebook how somebody is, they, they just got hooked up with somebody, and I'm gonna love them forever. I've seen them love forever four times, four different people. Either they don't know what the definition of forever is, or they're really bad at it. <laughs> In other words, you have to change what you do because saying things doesn't help unless it changes the way you live. You're not going to get a better harvest until what you are saying affects how you are living. In other words, if you're going to improve your life, you have to improve. There are no different results if you don't change something. So if I don't like the results in my life, I have to change what I do. But I won't change what I do until I change the way I think. The results in your life today is the result of what you did yesterday. But what you did yesterday was what you thought the day before. So what I'm trying to tell you is, if I don't like my harvest, I've got to change what I'm planting. So if I don't like what's happening in my life today, the harvest, then I have to change what I sowed. But I won't change what I sowed until I, think, uh, until I change how I think about it. So if I don't like my harvest, I've got to change what I'm planting. So if it's on your mind, child of God, hear me if it's on your mind it's in your future so be careful what you let get in your head Woo! that was worth your trip to church prosperity does not show up because you want it or even because you need it it shows up because it is a harvest of your actions and your actions are a harvest of your thoughts that's why the windshield in your car and the, windshield, and the and the rear view is this big, because you're supposed to be looking forward a whole lot more than you are looking backwards. You cannot change the past, but your thinking can and will change your future. One of my first scriptures that I ever memorized when I first got into church, I preached one time on it in this church for an hour and 45 minutes. And I preached the first half of it. That's a long time ago. I'm not going to do that today. John 10 and 10 says, For the thief comes not but to do three things. Steal, kill, and destroy. Now, that's the first part of the Scripture. And Jesus said, But I've come that you may have life and have more abundantly. But we're not going to think about that. We're just going to talk about the thief the thief comes not Do you see how it words it he comes not he does not come except in other words he doesn't just show up just to mess he doesn't just show up just to aggravate the only reason he shows up is for one of three things to steal kill and destroy now that the fact that they call him the thief Ought to give you a clue as to what he's planning to do. (laughs) He is a thief who comes only to do one of three things, and the fact that he's stealing, we get that word klepto from that word. word, We have a word called kleptomaniac. It's klepto. The root word klepto is this thief right here. So the fact that the Bible tells us that he's coming to steal must mean one thing. It belongs to me. (laughs) <laughs> it was mine. You can't steal it from me if I give it to you. You've got to steal something that belongs to me. So the fact that he is stealing must mean it belongs to me or he cannot legally steal it. The problem is if we don't know what he's coming to steal, we won't know how, what to protect. Uh-huh. So the order of this verse is very significant. Steal. That's bad enough. The next two are worse. Kill, destroy. Do you notice how every level is a little worse than the last one? Because you steal from me. That's that's bad enough. I've been stolen from before. I'm still here. If you kill me, I've preached my last message. I've got my last kiss. I've, I've blinked my eyes for the final time. I mean, I, I'm done if you kill. But if you destroy me, there ain't even any evidence of what you... So, 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 so every level, you keep asking God to bring you up. I'm going to sing in the middle of a storm, louder and louder. God, I want to go up another level. You don't realize that when you come up to this next level, new level, new devil. Every time you come up to another level, you, I see, I know you thought you, you went through the flood, you went through the fire down there, but you have no idea what you're about to face when you start stepping up into these new realms. Be careful what you ask for because every time you ask God to bring you up, it's going to be with a price. And so God, God's Word tells us that He is a thief who is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And the order is significant because if you allow Him to steal, what he's looking for. These are conditional. In the Greek, this phrase is conditional. In other words, one precept is built on the previous precept, which means if he steals, then, say then, then he can kill. Then he can destroy. So the way you stop him, the thief, is to not allow him to steal what it is he's coming looking for in the first place. Because he can't destroy until he kills, and he can't kill unless he steals. So what is it he's coming to steal? The very thing that's holding him back. The very thing that is keeping him from killing and destroying. The thing that's supposed to be in your mouth the thing that's supposed to be falling out, the thing that you're supposed to meditate on, the thing that the devil can't handle. Say the word. Uh huh. Did you ever go over to Ephesians and read about the full armor of God? Paul says, you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you put on the helmet of salvation, you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He said, you've got this belt of truth that you put on. Have you noticed that everything that he gives you, he, everything is is about running, There's a shield of faith. There's a helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness. It's to keep me from getting killed until you come to the last piece. Everything else is about defense until he says then you take up the sword of the Spirit which is the word of truth I want you to understand that there's only one weapon that the devil is afraid of and that is when you learn the Word of God when you meditate on this law and it doesn't depart from your mouth every time you tell the truth about the word the devil has to back up because he understands there is nothing he can do about that so he comes to steal the word which allows him then to kill and to destroy. devil's not afraid of you sitting in some dead, dried-up church that doesn't challenge you. He's not afraid of you singing some meaningless song that's as dry as last year's bird's nest. But what he is deathly afraid of is that you will get too much word inside of you that the next time he comes around, you'll say, "Uh, devil, I fought too hard for what I've got. I'm not about to back up and let you take my joy, let you steal my peace. No, 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 devil. I know in whom I have believed. He won't be able to do anything with you. See, the word prosperity in the New Testament... Is the word shalom. You know what shalom means? Yeah, peace is part of it. It also means health, also means favor. It also means all is well, nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom. Peace. All is well. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. What's that, Isaiah? And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And they shall call his name. Everlasting Father. Mighty God. Prince of Shalom. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, which means he's the Prince of Prosperity. He's the prince of health. He's the prince of favor. He's the prince of all is well. He's the prince of nothing missing, nothing broken. Is that how you would describe your life today? Sister Alicia, would you come play something for me real quietly, please? How would you describe your life today? If I was to ask you in private, just one-on-one, just you and me, how would you describe your life? Would you describe your life... With peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. Would you describe your life and say, all is well? Because if I can't get it into your head, you won't get it into your mouth. If it's not in your mouth, the thief will come. and steal the one piece of equipment that God gave you to beat him back with. Next service, I'll bring my sword out here. It's in my office. The one piece of equipment that you have that is not defensive, but offensive. The thief will steal it from you. I can't get it into your head. That's that's why this is so abundantly important that you understand how to thrive in every season. Pastor, I'm going through the roughest time of my life. doesn't mean you can't thrive because you still have the Word. No matter what is falling apart on the outside of you, you don't have to crumble on the inside of you if you have the Word of God in you. I'll meditate it on it night and day and that word tells me I am more than an overcomer that word tells me that I know in whom I have believed that word tells me I'm the head not the tail above not beneath I'm blessed in the city I'm blessed in the field I'm blessed when my down coming blessed in my uprising that word tells me that when the enemy comes against me like a flood the spirit of God will raise up a standard against him that same word tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that same word tells me that it doesn't matter who comes against me if God be for me and God is always for me so if I can meditate on that word then the thief can't steal it and he can't kill or destroy you want to, how to thrive in every season make every season your season this is my season of prosperity this is my season of peace I know Jesus he's the prince of peace he's the prince of prosperity he's the prince of favor he is the prince of all is well nothing missing and nothing broken hear me devil I know you're attacking me I know you're beating on me but I can tell you that nothing's missing I am complete in him have everything I need because He is Lord of all. Somebody give God praise if that resonates. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince. He's my Prince of Peace. I know we haven't done this since beer bug but if you're here this morning and you want to come to this altar I'm not going to let you come up here and gang around each other but if you want to come up here and meet God yourself and come and pray come on up to the altar he's your prince of peace